On today's episode, we've got 10 super cheap or free tips, tools, tactics, software pieces, whatever you want to call it. These programs help us run our business every day. We thought we'd pull them together and share them with you. So let's get started. Okay, everybody. Uh, this is the Lifestyle Business Podcast, and I'm excited to be on the phone today with Ian. Ian, thanks for joining me. Hey, Dan. How's it going? It's going good. Hey, I, I want to apologize. I, I'm in the Philippines. It's crazy. To, it's very difficult to find a quiet spot in this entire country where there's a Wi-Fi signal. So if you hear uh, roosters crowing, uh, people beeping their horns, that's just what we're dealing with. Phones going off, everything. Understood. So, so a lot of people have been writing me emails actually saying, what's going on? Why aren't you guys recording more podcasts? And uh, the explanation is, is we have recorded a couple podcasts that we didn't post. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. We, we talk on the phone a lot uh, because we are working together as well. I don't know. I think um, a lot of it is we get off on these philosophical tangents and just think, man, there's nobody that would ever want to listen to this stuff. <laughs> Pretty much. So we try to keep the content uh, interesting to other people, hopefully, than us. So let us know if we're doing a good job of that. Yeah, and also uh, it, it could help if there are specific questions that listeners would like us to address would be useful to them. Just let us know. Um, you can reach us at Dan or Ian at Lifestyle Business Podcast, and, and we'll do that. So today what we've done is um, – pulled together 10 specific tools that we use to help run our business that are mostly free. Some are just very inexpensive relative to the kinds of value they provide. Um, so yeah, we just pulled together a list of 10 things that help us run our uh, you know, 100% remote business. And so we thought that that could be helpful to aspiring or established entrepreneurs out there. Is that about right, Ian? Well, <laughs> yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, all these tools... Uh you know, we've stumbled upon or we've uh, been told about, and I think like eight of the ten are free. So, and so, real, real quick, before really we, have value. right before we push off on this stuff, is there any any kind of like news in your life? Like, what are the kinds of things that are going on? It's been probably three weeks since the last podcast. What kinds of challenges and kinds of things have you been up to? Well, we're um, we're kind of in the middle of a couple pretty big deals for 2010. Um, some contract work, so. Uh, if that goes well, I think it could probably uh, double one of our businesses next year Right. Uh, with some of that work that's coming through. Um, and so I guess the interesting part about that is um, we've been kind of dealing with this uh, one of these niche product businesses for the past two years. Some of the relationships are starting to catch up with us, and it's something that, that you don't think about, I guess, but it just kind of happens. It kind of whips around on you. So w we've been slowly building relationships uh, over the past two years, and they're slowly starting to pay off. Right. Uh, and I guess that's what you'd call organic growth. <laughs> yeah. So that's really um, exciting. It's yeah, kind of like um, you, you know, like the it's a snowball effect or just momentum starting to build. And I love how you say like this this contract work because a lot of times people don't talk about that in the internet marketing space. But sometimes when you can you know show yourself, demonstrate yourself as an expert in a niche, you can just really score some lucrative contracts that you know unlike sort of incremental product sales, um, they really in the same way a new product has an opportunity to sort of revolutionize your business, so can a new contract or a new big relationship like that. So we're yeah. literally sitting on the precipice of potentially doubling our business overnight, and uh, that's awesome. 
<laughs> and it's something that it's it's interesting, I guess, because um, you know it's something that you you don't you don't count on. You don't say, well, 2011, we're going to get a bunch of contract work. Right. Um, so un- unless you've started to get contract work, and then you know you can see it coming. But in our case, uh, you know, we didn't really see it coming. It was just totally or- organic. I guess you know one thing that um, we've learned in doing this is that uh, it you know with everything, it just takes a long time for things to catch up. And uh, yeah. it looks like for us, 2010 will be that time. Uh, that's all the more reason to get started today. <laughs> if you know, yeah. uh, Steve Pavlina tweeted today that um, later is never, and I couldn't agree with him more. Right now, I am uh, still in the Philippines. I'm planning to go to Thailand in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited about that. Uh, and the Tropical MBA program is going to get its kickstart in a couple days here. So uh, I'm going to kick that off with, uh, you know, the announcement of the winner, uh, some videos, and um, get that website up and running. So I'm really excited about the Tropical MBA, and we'll be talking more about that on the podcast. But how about we get to these 10 tips? Let's do it. So number one on the list uh, is the Google Keyword Tool. And basically, uh, the Google t- Keyword Tool is an extremely uh, free and extremely valuable tool. First, first and foremost, for a lot of people, understanding how big a market is. So, for example, if you type in um, laptop, it'll tell you um, how many local searches there are for laptops and then how many global searches there are for laptops. Um, so this becomes like really relevant um, when you try to say, hey, how much demand is there for, for this kind of product or who's, who's looking for this kind of product? Yeah, and you know, it's such a unique way to actually fully conceptualize a market. It's a, it's a way to think of a market. You know, we were talking about what are the ways in which you can identify a market. Well, one is you could do a subscription base, like the total readers of Cat Fancy are a half a million or whatever. So that's a market. Excuse me. <laughs> wow. Uh, another way to do it is a mailing list. There are 10,000 people on X mailing list. That's a captive market. Well, here's another way to conceptualize a captive market. There are one million people searching for the word laptop every month, and that's meaningful, I think. And that we use that all the time to evaluate market size. And if you're if you're if if you've never heard of this tool or if you're an advanced user, there's some really interesting things you can start to do with this when you get used to it. One is, for example, determining uh, the average click-through rates on the top ads in Google, so the AdWords around the organic search results. And then you can do a little math equation, basically, that'll give you an idea of how much those people are paying for those ads. And so you can actually not only get the market size in terms of searches, but the market valuation. So how many, how much money are the top ad, uh, Google ads guys paying to be in the, in the laptop market, for example? And so you can actually put a number on the market, which I think is a really interesting thing to do. If, if you're interested in that kind of a analysis, you can just do a search for, um, keyword market pricing tool or something. I'm, I'm sure you can dig something up, but it's certainly a little bit more advanced, maybe just for the internet marketers out there. Yeah. <laughs> but what here was just interesting, uh, just to inject one more, is that you know you're not an internet marketer, Ian. You and then, but you use this tool all the time. Uh, sure. Just as an entrepreneur. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, that's actually how I use it. Is just to kind of 
get a feel for how big a market might be or how many people are searching for a certain thing. And you have to be careful with it too. I mean, it can be deceiving if you're just using it for that reason. So like if you type in Nike shoes, you know, half of those people that are looking for Nike shoes are probably just looking to see the shoe, you know, to see the color or to see something that they saw in the store. Uh, But you know, for our purposes or for my purposes, I want to know how many people are typing in that keyword, actually looking to purchase that product. Right. Um, so it only works in certain instances in, in my case. Yeah. And there are some tools out there that can help you determine, you know, how likely a mark, a, per, a particular key term market is to purchase something. And at Yahoo used to have a tool. Uh, John Jonas talks about some of those tools over at his blog. Um, but that's pretty advanced for what we're trying to do here. So let's just back it up. Google Keyword Tool, that's a whole world of wonderfulness if you want to get into Google Keyword uh, Analytics. So Right, so our next... Number yeah. two is uh, Gmail via your web host. In our case, we use uh, two web hosts, Bluehost and HostGator. Couldn't be happier with both their services and price level. Um, but what I'm really talking about is how we... Um, how we use Gmail to interact with our hosts. And I think it's critical. You want to send a professional uh, looking email from, you know, in our case, we would write an email at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. But I'm sending that email through Gmail. And the default Gmail setting is it would say like from whatever my real email address is on behalf of Dan at Lifestyle Business Podcast. And it looks really unprofessional. But using Gmail is great because you can actually program in to send outbound from like 15 different accounts, for example, which I actually do. You can go into the Gmail settings and put in your uh, web host's information, and it actually sends outbound via your real web host's SMPT server. So it puts the authentic domain stamp on that email. Um, So I can send basically 15 different brands, 15 different personas or whatever, outbound through my my personal Gmail account. Which is crucial if you're running multiple businesses or have multiple aliases or DBAs or whatnot. Yeah, in my case, I'm just Mr. DBA. I, I could be 15 <laughs> different people on any given day. So that's a really cool way to make it fast, make it productive, and it's very, very simple to set up. Um, if anyone's interested in like specific instructions on that, just shoot me an email and I can I can help you out on that. What's number three? Uh, number three is Grasshopper, and main goal is to um, act as a segue between your customer and you. The way that we use it is to um, present ourselves as a, a large company, which meh, maybe someday we will be, but uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an extremely professional. Um, professional looking sounding feeling phone service um, that goes directly to our cell phones awesome uh, so the reason that's important for us is because we're uh, always on the go it's 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 a really cool uh, phone system I think it starts off around 30 to fifty dollars a month uh-huh. um, and everything is configurable from on their website so you can set it up with one main 1-800 number um, and that can go to um, countless numbers of cell phones, uh, say 5, 10, 100 people. You can turn on and off those cell phones. So uh, if you're out of town, uh, it goes to the next available person. Uh, if you want to transfer calls, you can. Um, it's extremely sophisticated at, at a very low price. Awesome. Killer. Grasshopper.com for that. Number four, Skype. And uh, and it's correlate the Skype iPhone application. So this goes without saying for any mobile business person that Skype is just masterclass. It's incredible software. 
Um, I find that, you know, for me, like one of my, uh, one of my personal rules of being on the road, being overseas is every day, um, to talk with uh, people back in the West, um, about what's going on in our business and to stay in touch with people. And it's absolutely critical to be able to, you know, have a, a connection that you can rely on and that it's clear. I basically use the iPhone application, iPhone application, Skype, <clears throat> have a paid account. I don't even know what I pay monthly. I'm on the phone every single day, and I think I, I'd have a hard time spending ten to fifteen dollars a month on Skype. Uh, it's just unbelievable how cheap uh, the high the value you can get for basically nothing um, using Skype. So I also find that the iPhone application is 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 very light, and that even with dim Wi-Fi connection, I can get a really strong connection back west. Um, so I couldn't be happier with, uh, you know, utilizing the, the Skype Skype's awesome. Everybody's using it. It's awesome. Next thing. Everybody knows about it, <laughs> but I just got to say, I love it. And I love it, especially through the iPhone because it allows me that real kind of telephone experience. I don't have to open up my laptop and put on these headphones and everything. I just put my phone up to my ear and I'm talking with somebody and I love it. Incredible. Yeah. The next thing that we're going to talk about is, uh, paychecks, paychecks. and a lot of your a lot of you are probably familiar with Paychex as well. Um, Paychex is a um, payroll well, process. Let me let me just make a confession. I have no idea what you're talking about. What is Paychex? Okay. Uh, so Paychex um, is a um, payroll processing company. There's a lot out there, a lot of different companies out there. Um, but the reason we were turned on by Paychex is um, because they're extremely responsive, extremely uh, personable. I'll admit they don't have the best um, – online interface i think right now uh they've they've just like acquired an online company or something like that small payroll biz or something like that but it's not the best online interface but in terms of in terms of responsiveness um and uh good pricing and somebody to file all your taxes and and do all the legwork for you um if you have employees they're a great option for someone Um, who doesn't have any employees yet uh you know, why would you get a payroll processor instead of just cutting the check, having an accountant cut cut your employees a check every couple, couple weeks? What's the advantage? Well, a lot of accountants will, a lot of accountants don't even touch payroll because it's extremely complicated the way you have to report to um, the federal to the federal on the federal and the state level. Okay. Um, so a lot of CPA firms and accountants won't touch payroll. They uh, just outsource through these companies like Paychex. Okay. Um, so if you're looking for um, a really good company to work with uh, at a decent price, I think anywhere from five to I, I think they I think they deal with even one one uh, employee. Okay. Um, for around fifty or sixty dollars a month, uh, it's 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 good. Your okay. your employee gets paid on a on a weekly biweekly basis, however you want to set it up, um, and they take care of everything for you. Yeah, and the key here is just making it as easy as possible to get people on your team and forget about the headaches and focus on the work. Exactly. Um, we are on number six. Whoa. Hey, now. Well, number six is RescueTime.com. You know, this is a program that I think a lot of people sort of sign up for and then stop using. Um, I got re-inspired by a blog I was reading to reset up um, RescueTime.com. Uh, actually, uh, I think uh, Tim Ferriss is an investor in this company. Um, and what I've done the second r- lap around that's really made it more successful for me is that I've invested time up front to like really teach it about my web habits. So to really get an in-depth analysis of, of how I'm spending my time on the web because it's it's such a challenge to be productive on the web because there's just so much noise. Um, and so 
for me, I've, I've set up rescue time to give me reports on how I'm spending my time, and that's really helpful for me. Perhaps even more helpful is the blocking feature. So you can block for all time or for certain amounts of time when you really need to be productive and you just say, don't let me go to these sites. You know, even though you can, of course, get around it, um, it's really, really helpful to just constantly be reminding yourself, hey, like, don't don't go to the Huffington Post, Dan. You can't go there. You have something to do. Don't you? It's really hard. You know, you really gotta hard. put you got to put blinders on yourself on, on the web. You're sitting in front of this. uh this little device these days that has access to any any and every kind of information you want. So it's super easy for everybody, I'm sure, they know to get distracted. And if, so you have to set up rules for yourself. Absolutely. If you're going to be successful, you have to fight back. You have to take it seriously. And for me, like, you know, YouTube is like my Achilles heel. Like if I'm – you guys heard us talking about keyword analytics earlier. Like five minutes of keyword analytics and I'm like alt-tab YouTube, you know, like automatically <laughs> just like my brain just wants to bail out. And uh, I have to fight against that, and rescue time really helps me. I just put on that, like, no way, man, you're writing articles for the next half an hour, or you're on AdWords, or you're writing this email to your partners, and uh, that's what it's going to be. And um, rescue time helps with that. There's also a more advanced hacker solution, which is that you can edit your host's file uh, in the Windows, and you can actually tell your computer to block certain uh, IP addresses. So... That can be some advanced stuff if you're interested in really uh, sort of institutionalizing your discipline, which I think is critical. And so. you can set this up on your employees uh, as well. You can do it. If you're if you're a Machiavellian bastard, you can definitely do that. What's number seven? <laughs> number seven is uh, – this is kind of a combined point. Um, competitor sites. Uh, visit your competitor sites often. Uh, we do it all the time. I think at least uh, once a month we have, or excuse me, once a week we have scheduled to just go through five minutes on our competitor sites. And what are the tools uh, you're What are the tools you're using to uh, to do that easily? Uh, one of the ways that you can do that is um, to set up your Google Alerts. Uh, okay. Just type in Google Alerts, and what it'll do is basically if you have a a competitor that's always using a key phrase or handbags or something like that. Anytime the, the term handbags comes up, uh, you'll get an email alerting you that, hey, somewhere on the web this has been said, handbags. Right. Uh, and so this is actually – you could also do this for your name as well, right? Sure, yeah. It's pretty pretty cool stuff for your company names, for your co- competitors' names. And so uh, Google Alerts is a, a good way to to know about what's happening on – or excuse me, know about what's happening. And also Google Reader and Dan – you use the Google Reader a lot. Yeah, if, if I see an RSS option on any competitor industry site, I just grab it and toss it into my Google Reader. Uh, for those of you who aren't using Google Reader, um, it's one of those things that I'd say you absolutely must be using Google Reader. It's it's an awesome piece of software. It's way more efficient, um, and it helps you you know keep track of the, the blogs and the websites and the products that you're interested in. So if, uh, I would encourage all of you that aren't using Google Reader to, for example, uh, open up your Google Reader account. If you have a Gmail address, you already have one. Um, it's just the next option on the top of the screen next to Gmail. And uh, put in our, go ahead and put in our URL, Lifestyle Business Podcast, and you're going to get delivered directly to your inbox uh, all of our most recent content. Great way to follow people that you you know enjoy on the internet, the podcasters, bloggers, but um, it's awesome for keeping track of your competition as well. It also helps you focus, like you said, um, so you don't have to go check your favorite blog every day, right? 
Yeah, it can be distracting. Just be delivered to your inbox. And you can dice it up any way you want. You can um, you can you have that information on in your system then that you can search it, you can process it, sort it, keep it organized. So I think that that it makes it workable rather than actually having to go out and visit all these sites all the time. Good tip. What's up next? Number eight is GTD, getting things done. This is a tool, no question, and it's one that really revolutionized the way I work, especially. Uh, you know, we're talking about how important it is for a knowledge worker to set up discipline and systems that allow them to, you know, get the things done in their life that they want to see happen. For me, my GTD system, I won't go over it in detail. Um, Getting Things Done is a book by David Allen. If you are a knowledge worker and you haven't read it, you should read it immediately. The kind of mental clarity that you can achieve is incredible. The, my system works like this. I have a large blank sketch pad um, where I'm basically using that as my inbox, and then I'm also setting up all my next actions and projects on there. Um, all my projects are archived digitally in my Gmail files. I use the labels functionality in Gmail. I, I use a very simple Gmail system. I don't have all the crazy life hacker set up with multiple inboxes and multiple stars and stuff, although you can do that. Uh, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, one thing that's really helpful that if, if you're not familiar with GTD that could even be helpful for you is I use calendar tickles which is that if I get a piece of information that like I want to think about later, I want to prompt myself to remember, I'll go into Google Calendar, put in a date uh, in the future. I'll say, remember that right now you need to reevaluate your insurance or whatever. And then I'll put an email reminder. So I know in three months I'm going to get an email that prompts me to reevaluate something. And I, it's out of sight, out of mind. I don't have to have any, I don't have to carry anything for the next three months. It's just set. It's one of the things I love about uh David Allen's suggestions. And one more thing I have to indulge is how important um, one aspect of the program is to me in my life, and that's the weekly review. GTD's weekly review has had a profound impact on my life, and it's a very simple thing. All it means is that once a week, you sit down for an hour and you do a 100% re-inventorying of all the tasks and projects and goals in your life. It, 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 like, it, can, it totally makes you feel empowered because you can kind of like – you're working so hard and people are asking you to do stuff and then you can feel frazzled. I've actually, the weekly review has at one point in my career prevented me from hiring a person. I was so frazzled at like what was going on. My solution at the time was to hire somebody to have them do this work, basically to have them track a set of projects. And instead what I did was I pulled together my team and for an hour every week, we, we talked about every single thing that was happening in our business and uh, we put it back into its appropriate category, reprioritize it, so to speak. And um, such a simple thing, but it has really changed the way um, that I approach my business and, and the tasks that I have to do. So getting things done, can't recommend it more. And the cool thing about uh, getting things done is you can apply his method to a bunch of different systems. So like you were saying, uh, you have different folders in your Gmail. I have different physical folders that I put pieces of paper into, which uh, – which David Allen recommended. So there's a bunch of different ways to implement his ideas into a lot of probably your current systems that you have going right now. Totally, totally. What's number nine? Hacker news. Somewhat healthy diversions. I don't know, just a, maybe not the best, but also another platform just to talk about how damaging inputting media can be. And the reason that, the only reason that inputting media is dangerous is because it, profoundly impacts your output. And as an entrepreneur, you're really responsible for output. Like at the end of the day, nobody's ever going to um nobody's ever going to 
give you any money or reward or status for having inputted uh, the appropriate amount of things. You know, like it doesn't matter what books you've read if you haven't been able to produce anything based on the knowledge therein, at least in terms of business. I certainly have a great appreciation for, you know, being on the receiving end of some great art. Uh, I love Tim Ferriss's point about this, which is input and output is a one-way road. You know, you, you're either at any given time in your life, you're either doing one or the other. And managing that process is really important. And, and for me, that means finding ways to maximize output. Um, but when, on the other hand, I do want to uh, do some input, uh, some industry computer marketing software related to sites I like are uh, Hacker News. That's uh, a great sort of similar to Reddit, but more more focused on startup uh, community. This is what, so to speak, I, I've heard the startup community called like the cool kids. There's two different groups of people on the internet. There's the internet marketers, which are kind of like the guys who use big yellow fonts and try to sell you on a big long website. Those are the guys who are making money. Then there's the cool kids who are making cool software, and they're hanging out at Hacker News. Um, the internet marketers, uh, one good site I like to use is, is Click News, it's Lynn Terry's web uh, personal blog. Uh, she gives good uh, news updates on um, the internet marketing segment, and she's also a uh, on Internet Marketing This Week podcast, which is, is more, more or less overview of what the top uh, sort of Internet marketer type product launch kind of guys are doing. Um, and that could be helpful if, uh, you know, if you want to track that industry. Although ultimately, at the end of the day, maybe it's, I'm ambivalent about this tip just to say that these are, these are kind of the best of what's out there, Hacker News and Click News, but uh, I, I, I've definitely sent, sent to the grave a lot of my time at these two sites so i uh, <laughs> so, set, so set these sites up on uh, rescue time if needed right they're in there as definitely not productive <laughs> but um it does make me feel connected you know especially when you're on the other side of the world and for our 10th and final point Tenth and final point is a little piece of software called Dark Room. You can find it by typing in Dark Room. There are a bunch of solutions um, for text composition, but this is one I really like because it's just bare bones simple. You actually can't even do any formatting. There's no spell check. Um, what it is is it totally blanks your computer screen, and it's it just is a text composition that ends up saving files in a .txt file. What you can do basically is is set your font to a large point. You use that green, glowy, hacker color font with a black background, and you'll be surprised at uh, not only the kind of clarity and lack of distraction you can have from blanking out your whole screen, but also how much easier it is on your eyes to look at black than it is to look at white, because in order to you know render white on a computer screen, the screen actually emits light, whereas black it's just nothing. So uh, your eye fatigue goes way down, and that's helpful if if you really need to dig in and, and write for a half an hour, which um, is something that I do quite often. Uh, writing is a communicating, uh, you know, with writing is a big part of what I do. So and, and it's and it's retro looking, so it's it's pretty trendy. It's cool. It's like a cool piece of little hacker software written by some guy in somewhere, and um, it's not a commercial piece of software, but it's really cool. So Darkroom, it's not darkroom.com. It's some weird URL. So uh, just just search for that on Google. Excellent. If you have an idea for an episode or some kind of question you would like Ian and I to answer, pre-recorded on the podcast, we are 50% likely to answer your email if you send it to Dan at Lifestyle Business Podcast. Don't worry about the dashes.com.